is pro, and so we roll Using procurement, program and control As a small biz pro, and so we grow Using procurement, program and control I'm a businessman, yes I'm an entrepreneur Oh yeah, I'm a businessman, yes I'm an entrepreneur Oh yeah, I'm a businessman, yes I'm an entrepreneur Good afternoon, everyone. This is The Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert Buchanan, your small business paramedic. And today, small businesses, we have a very, very interesting topic for you today. We're going to be talking about leadership. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really, really important uh, when one is running their business because they, uh, you know, it's so funny. Uh, this week, I've been doing a lot of, I did a lot of consulting for both the Urban League and as well as um, um, Vermont Slauson. Mm-hmm. And and many of the people when I was talking to them, especially the bigger companies, which I found kind of interesting. So the bigger companies that started as a, a, a small one, mom and uh, single member type of company, Mm-hmm. A one young lady, I was speaking to her and she's still running her business like she's a sole proprietor, mm-hmm. <laughs> like she still is just her one person and she's mm-hmm. still wearing all the hats and she has five employees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I told her, it's like, it's time for you to grow up. You have to, you have to feel comfortable to delegate to the people that you train mm-hmm. so that they now can give you some breathing room so that you're not wearing all the hats. So it's really hard for people to step up to that plate. So it's real easy to say, I'm going to start a business, but it's not necessarily real easy to say, I am going to start a business that I want to hire employees and I want to create this multi-million dollar company. Do you find that to be the case as well? A lot of business owners, they give birth to their business and they want to keep that business a baby throughout the whole process they want to grow they want the business to grow but they want to treat the business like a baby all throughout just like in a family when parents parents have kids they don't want them to grow up you know they're 30 40 and they've got them living at home with them (laughs) (laughs) so that's what we're seeing here with a lot of businesses and the flip side of that is you've got certain organization, for-profit, non-profit, and they, there are certain leadership styles that they need to exude that will help to grow staff, help to grow the team, but they mm-hmm. don't display that or either they don't have it. So those are some of the things we're going to be talking about today, which I think will be an excellent show for all of the small businesses. The show is called The Business Zone, and if if this is your first time logging in to our program, we're on every Friday from 3 to 4, sometimes until 3, 4, 30, Mm -hmm. depending on how great the topic is. (laughs) If it's good, we we extend it a little bit. That's the possibility of streaming live. That's right. That's right. You can access us on, on Facebook Live. You can also access us on YouTube Live. When you go to YouTube, just click that subscribe button. I want to change it from subscribe and call it something else. Call it register or becoming a (laughs) member because folks think that when they click subscribe, they're going to pay for something. We're not expecting you to pay 
for our show to be on the show or watch the show or anything like that. We just want to put you in the loop so you can receive um, information or new videos or new programming when we put it out there. So when you go there, you'll see that little subscribe button. Just click on it. It's not going to cost you a cent. And you will be able to get our information. Like today's show is going to be fabulous. This is what we call class in session. Right. And once a <laughs> month, we have to do a class in session because Gilbert and I are both business coaches. And um, and no matter how long you've been in business, there's always uh, value in, have, in having a business coach because there's yes. the things that we see that you don't see. Yeah. And because you're working in your business, yeah. And not on your business, and so a lot of times you need to have uh, some in some outside input in order to make sure you're making the right decisions and moving in the right direction. So, it's you're looking to be successful. This is something that you want to add on your bucket list is to find um, qualified coaches that can help you uh, take your business to the next level. So. Uh, so consider you guys self lucky because today you get the in sessions when we do these, the class in sessions, you get us absolutely for free. That's and right. <laughs> neither one of us come for free on a, on a, on the outside of this show. <laughs> you guys are not you guys are not paying that 150, 60, even three hundred dollars an hour sessions, coaching sessions that we charge. So this is really a good approach for you guys to get your feet wet and see how you can uh, take away some of our information that we're providing you to help you grow your business. But we want to talk about leadership today, Crystal. So before we do that, Gilbert, how was your week? Oh, my Lord. My week was crazy, crazy busy. I had so many things to do. I had reports due. I had clients I had to take care of. Um, it's just an amazing, amazing thing. And I'm not complaining, you know. It's always good to have projects to work on and and want to help different organizations and different small businesses. So my plate was overflowing. You get you wake up in the morning with 10 <laughs> tasks and you're lucky if you get the four of them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And usually I, my calendar is scheduled out at least a week and a half in advance. Right. So, you know, I knew coming off the holiday, you know, had a great relaxing Saturday uh, um, uh, holiday weekend. Actually, I worked in my garden, yeah. but I knew come Tuesday, it was back to back. Wednesday was back to back, yeah. but I got a little break. Thursday was supposed to be back to back and everybody started canceling. Oh, and wow. I did, and I did not complain. They reached out to do you mind? Not at all. Let's schedule for next week. That, that, that's what they call serendipity, right? Yeah, that's serendipity. Because here's the problem. You, you, I mean, finding clients and cut is not, not difficult. Not for me. Not, hey, Alfred, welcome. Hey, Alfred, welcome to the business zone, sir. Um, uh, but now you have to do the work. So, you yeah. know, last week, I think I told you I had two clients. One client, I was getting ready for taxes. So for all of you guys, if you haven't done it, uh, if you filed an extension, come October 15th, it's, it's time for you to do your taxes. So you should be getting all your books together now in order to be ready for that time. So I had a two client, one client I had to do that with. 
Hey, Laron. Long, long time no talk to Laron. <laughs> Welcome to the business zone, my brother. I appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> So I had to get one and then I'm, you know, I got my other client that I'm really excited about and she, they are, he's going, um, his company is going public. Yeah. So come, um, so I had to get all his papers together, all the paperwork and financials together so that they can do uh, their audit. And uh, so excited about that one. That's a long time coming. We've been working on that. Um, I miss you too, Laron. <laughs> we both miss you as well. So, but it was a busy week. So next week, I don't know what, what it, uh, what it has in store, but, um, I think I've been busy since March and I know you have been as well. Yes, for sure. For yeah. sure. So and, other than that, my and, nephew is off to college. Oh, really? This <laughs> morning. Where, yeah. where 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 did he go? Where, where? He's going to Savannah, Georgia, to um, a a film and graphic uh, design uh, college in Savannah, Georgia. I think it's it's called SCAG, S K A G. Yeah. Right. And so uh, they left this morning. So it's been a, a whirlwind week trying <laughs> to get him out. And uh, and my sister and brother in law they they went there and they're going to be gone for ten days in order yeah. to get him settled in. So I told him, yes, I said, and he's the one that's always at home. So yeah. like, we're going to really miss you, dude. The other <laughs> one was always out in the street. So, you know, he didn't have time. We didn't even see him anyway, but this one we saw every day. Yeah. And so it's he's, he's going to call, different. he's going to call a couple of times for the first month and the second month, third month. Yeah. He's going to forget about you guys. <laughs> I was yeah. going Yes, strict orders. Don't be forgetting about us, dude. <laughs> yeah. Third month, he's got his own friends or hanging out, partying, doing all kinds of... He's not going to remember home at all <laughs> until maybe Thanksgiving. Maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, he'll miss dinner for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So he, he, he might be a little bit on... Uh, wanting uh, wanting us at that point in time, but yeah, we're gonna miss him. Yeah, but, but Georgia me- Georgia is a nice place though for him to go and get acclimated with that type of worldview over there. So yeah, and Savannah is near the water; it's right there on the water. So yeah, hopefully no more hurricanes will be coming through. Yeah, welcome to the business zone, Gene Richmond. He's on uh, Facebook, I believe. So welcome, we're glad to have you. Welcome, so, Gene. Appreciate Gilbert- you. Are we ready to jump on in to oh, our topic? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Today's topic is about leadership, types of leadership. We're going to go over a series of, of, of different types of leaders. So you guys, while we're going over this, you can try to see if you can identify with any one of these styles to see if that's you, if that's your leadership style. So we're going to be looking at about 10 different styles today. And that's going to be very interesting. If you can identify with any of these styles, we'd like you to type in. Type in a comment, a feedback, or, or any type of information you want to provide. We'll welcome it, and we'll be happy to discuss. And know that you could be, it's very easy to be two or three uh, different um, types. Yeah. Um, it's very easy to be that. Uh, and and then depending on what you're doing and how you're doing it, uh, sometimes you know even even within a day you could probably be two of these different types of yeah. um, uh, um, uh, 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 leadership styles. But 
you do need a style. That is really, yeah. really important. Whether whichever one you need to be. And I'm getting ready to put up our little slice thing here. Let me shift. Yeah, it's and... going to be interesting to see which one of these styles you guys identify with the most because that will tell your preferred leadership style. Right. And so, my co-host, Crystal, she's pretty fancy, man. She got all the graphics and the fancy, <laughs> fancy stuff up there. So it's amazing. I love it. I love oh, it. And I, and, and I added, you, you'll, be, you'll like this one. I added a few little things so that they would get an idea of some of the famous leaders that are out there and the type of style uh, yeah. that they represent so that then they can really be able to tie it in. So let me just get my other computer up so I can actually see um, the handout here that we sent. You know, I got to I got to give this to you, co-host. You are pretty good when it comes to these graphics and, you know, making things look pretty. You know, <laughs> you, you could take a homeless person, dress them up, beautify them. <laughs> Make make them look like a CEO, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Do a, a complete makeover. Do you remember, yeah. did you did you ever see that movie? Um My Fair Lady? No, I've never seen it. I've so that movie it. was um I think it's Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. And she was a street woman in a street lady, a yeah. she sold flowers yeah. um on in, in, in England. Yeah. And so this person I think he was a lord or somewhere in the in the royal world yeah. and he decided that he could take her and make her into a fair lady. Yeah. And so she had the she was from um she was from she was in England but she had the cockney accent and yeah. and, and you know pretty uneducated. So he they he was able to take uh, as they say take a sow make a purse out of a sow's ear. <laughs> 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 so yes, I do have that skill, and I like this. This is a part of my business. I actually like uh, yeah. the, the creating. Uh, sometimes I'm creative, sometimes I'm not. But um, um, but if it's on a computer, I can create it. Right. So as my computer's coming up, so uh, so we're going to talk about the different styles. Let me see, Gilbert. I wanted to get into the email you sent me, mm -hmm. and I didn't have it up. So just for, uh, Alfred, do you know what type of style leader that you are? Because Alfred's been in business for a while, if he's still on. Yeah, yeah. yeah Alfred, uh, do you uh, do you know what styles you identify with? Yeah. How about you, Laron? Are you a leader? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think you are? What are you, Gilbert? I have uh, I have three styles that I use. So so Alfred said I'm transitioning to handle more international suppliers to provide locally produced products to go directly to the customer. I am attempting to help uh, villagers who would normally sell to airports and hotels because of COVID. Mm. Good, okay. good. But within that, though, Alfred, you're going to need to exude some type of leadership uh, qualities. So do you know which one of the leadership styles you best identify with? Now, I know the one that typically he should be, based upon what he just indicated, I know the one he should be uh, emulating. 
so we'll find out if that's the case as we go through them. Okay, I see. I should be up in a minute. Okay, so guys, we are about ready to go. Um, this is an interesting thing because I think it's like taking a personality test. It's good to know who you are, right? Yeah, yeah. And and how you function, how you operate, and also the areas that you need to um, work on. I think yeah. that's really, really important. So yeah. he said he's a CEO. All righty. <laughs> so I'm ready, Gilbert. So, okay. <laughs> all right, guys. So at some point in your business life, um, you will have a leadership role. And the more comfortable you're in that role, the more successful your business is going to be and the more um uh the interaction between you and your staff and your team even if they're not your uh employees even if you're working with consultants you still have to be able to um engage and inspire the people that you're going to have working for you so very very important uh there's a let me see if i can get this to do what i need it to do uh so um, Warren uh, Venus said, leadership is the capability to transform, to translate vision into a reality. And so that's so important because if it's your business, it's your idea, it's your concept, now you got to be able to take that concept out of your head, out of your heart, and be able to empower people to buy into your concept so that you can actually make it a reality. So that does require a skill set. Mm -hmm. And uh, so today we're going to talk about 10 different skills that you will need in order. I mean, that uh, 10 different leadership skills that are out there. And so let's get started. So um, the first one is the coaching leadership. So you want to take that one? So I used an example. Uh, couldn't get any more of a coaching standpoint than Mr. Uh, Coach Phil Jackson. Yeah. He led the Lakers to how many lead uh, conferences and, well, and titles? I, I think he won three with the Lakers. Okay. I, I think he won three with the Lakers. Yes. Okay. So, so as a, a, a leader with a coaching style, has to deal with when they when they're leading they have to deal with multiple uh uh team members with different personalities they've mm -hmm. got different personalities different traits so that coach should have the ability to combine and bring together all of those personalities and make them work together to follow his vision to follow his leadership concept and rein them in when they get out of control. That co that leadership style, the coaching leader, is the one that usually help these businesses when they're they're unstructured or he can identify potential within those individuals, those team members or those followers and help them to realize those potentials, see the potential that can help them to grow and follow his principles in order to realize that. So a, co a leader with a coaching style is really a very valuable style. And it, 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 it's not ev everyone 
who can exude that leadership style and make it successful. And also it's a style very much like you and I, uh, we provide feedback a positive feedback and sometimes constructive feedback in order to make help our um help our clients be able to move to that next level so sometimes it takes quite a bit of uh motivating to get them there especially if there's some barriers that are preventing them from going there and so the, the coaching style is to help you uh be able to um uh, reach your 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 personal best and your best for the company by providing you with the feedback, constructive feedback that will help you to grow. So that's a, it's kind of a, a growth of platform and you they help you set goals and so that you can achieve uh, those achievements and those milestones and those matrix that will be beneficial for you as the individual, as well as uh, beneficial for the company. Right. And, so if you guys can think of uh, besides um phil jackson any other uh individuals out there that are running businesses that operate uh to you, the best of your knowledge that operate with a coaching uh, leadership and another thing with a coaching style is that this leader should be able to inspire inspire influence and, and have them revere you in such a way that they know that by following your leadership, you will take them down the right path. So having that, that reverend power, having a reverend power as a coach, a leadership, a leader that has a coaching approach is really a valuable one too. Reverend power means that the person believes in what you say no matter where you go they'll go there they'll be there for you they're they're your ride or die type supporters and that's really what this is all about it's really really an amazing approach but only few people have that skill because some try that approach but they may not have the uh, uh, the, the ingredients to make it happen right uh uh alfred says i've always had more success when i take the initiative to create the vision and the implementation falls on me i make no excuses i must be prepared to teach my style along the way yeah so um uh yeah so the coaching style so those of us that are business coaches life coaches advisors we tend to take more of a coaching leadership style uh, yeah. because it, it it kind of fits in what we do for a living and sometimes you got to do a lot of coercing with your small business with our small business population uh to get them to make sure that everything is in place for their business so this is truly my style this and is what holding I do. holding people accountable as well yeah yeah Hol so, holding people accountable and holding yourself accountable exactly so i would say this fits me um the the coaching leadership style is, yeah. is 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 the primary part of how I uh, lead my business. That's definitely that's definitely one of my style, leadership style as well. All righty, so let's go to the next one. Uh, it is the visionary style. Hold on, let me. I don't know why my computer is is holding up. So the visionary. So in what uh the early 2000s i would say 
probably out of one out of no probably nine out of the uh out of the 15 20 or maybe it could be a majority of them that were on that became part of the dot-com industry they mm -hmm. were all visionary leaders the yeah. one of them i i chose was steve uh Josh, Stephen jobs and also Stephen warmack was it was Mac? he's the one with um um there's apple and then there's um who's the other guys um oh google the all of these guys they had this they worked in garages you know yeah. they were it people mm -hmm. no business sense at all mm -hmm. and but they had a vision and yeah. so that vision uh they had to be able to drive that vision to be able to create the amazing products that they they created and all of those all of those products that was created in the late 90s and in the early part of two thousand of the 2000 uh these guys were just phenomenal because if you look at their businesses today uh they're they're i mean facebook uh yahoo uh google microsoft all of these companies came in blazing trails and open terrain and they just had to bring people in and get them to do what they wanted to do and what they found what they were able to create as a concept and make that a reality so with the with the visionary leader with the visionary leader you should be able to have people see your vision see the follower you have your followers your team members your staff see your vision the way you see it and have them buy into your vision and be able to follow you in order to execute and achieve the objectives of, of your vision as a leader now as a visionary leader it's all about viewing things in real time visionary you you see things so you have to you have to lead by example and you also have to lead by showing people how you see things happening because some of your followers may not they may not see your vision clearly so you have to develop methods like having measurable results put a system or a tool in place that can generate some some measurable results so your followers can see by their participation how that's going to help to bring about and help them achieve that kind of a result so if you can use examples or you can use tools as a visionary leader to get your supporters to buy into that that's a great way of of executing that style right exactly and so some of the other and it's one of the most powerful uh leadership skills that you have because uh it is literally taking a ball of clay and creating a business out of this ball of clay which you have no foundation for it's not like uh the i mean it's like it's like um mr ford when he created the ford motor car i mean there's no cars they had they had horses and yeah. <laughs> so he was a visionary leader. Elon Musk is a visionary leader. He, he yeah. kind of um, crosses several um, several platforms. You have um, 
uh, Rockefeller, all of these people, they had something in their head and they were able to uh, be able to take that and, 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 and guide their, their team and their employees to, to literally change the world. All of mm -hmm. those visionary leadership leaders actually changed the world and they changed mm -hmm. the value of the world. Yeah. 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 I agree. And so in this new world that we're living in, where things are happening so fast, and especially with the uh, global um, the ability to do, do international global business, and uh, there are a lot of people in that space. When you look at just Bezos uh, with Amazon and being able to deliver packages all over the world, that's a vision, right? Yeah. Most people don't think past the next door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's a vision. So um, Alfred said, I'm constantly tweaking and upgrading my vision. And by working with young people that can teach me uh, what they know, it keeps me fresh and forward thinking. That's a good eye. That's good because uh, you need young people, especially with the, um, especially in the tech world, because mm -hmm. they get this stuff. And sometimes we're a little bit more um, resistant to uh, that change, but uh, young people, they get it. So the next one is your servant leader. Mm -hmm. So that servant leader is um lives he that servant leader lives by people first mindsets and they believe that a team member feels personally and professionally fulfilled and they're more effective and more likely to produce great work regularly so you your uh, famous um um servant leader would be martin luther king he he mm -hmm. brought people more or less to the promised land and mm -hmm. he had to lead them even though there was danger there for them mother teresa mandela all of these individuals that actually had a service mindset that they were helping the bigger population or the better of the population, even at the even if it cost them and their personal family lives lifestyles uh, this is what they were put on this planet. I personally think that people that are servant uh, servant leaders, these are people that know what their God-given purpose is on this planet and that they learn it very early on. And usually the servant leader is focused on employee satisfaction or 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 your team members' satisfaction. They also focus on collaboration. So collaboration could be among each other to bring mm -hmm. about the result, the desired result, or collaboration could be between you and the leader itself. So those two type of components would really help the servant leader to achieve its objectives. Now, once you know someone is looking out for your best interest, then you're even more willing to follow them. You're willing to do more work for them to support them because you know they've got your back. You know, mm -hmm. so again, this is the ride or die type uh, leadership approach where you know someone has your back, so you will have their back as well. And it's it's just an amazing approach that really helped to build employee morale and team member morale. Exactly. And I think, um, and uh, the servant leadership usually represents those that run nonprofits. 
because yes. uh, in a nonprofit world, it's not about money. It's yeah. about the people and the cause and the and the and the mission that you're serving. And so your best uh, nonprofit leaders really represent um, uh, the core of them is a servant leadership because they're not doing it for ego. They're doing it for the people. People and, that um, they serve. And the people that they serve. So, and sometimes I've seen where you have uh, individuals that have never been involved. They're leaders and they've run successful corporations and businesses. And a lot of times that does not translate well to the nonprofit. There has right. to be some tweaking that mm -hmm. goes on. I think a perfect marriage is one that has the service uh, uh, leadership capabilities, but they also have to have a strong business um, mindset because a nonprofit is a business and it needs to be run like a business in order to really reach their maximum goal. They have to think more like that, but sometimes that's not an easy transition from my opinion. What do you mm -hmm. think, Gilbert? I totally agree. I totally yeah. agree. Running a, a corporation and a nonprofit are two different approaches. And that's where you find leaders with a, a, a style that they call situational leadership. So you lead based on the situation. So based on what situation you're confronted with, you have to bring about certain styles that's conducive to that type of environment, whether it's a corporate world or whether it's a nonprofit world. But having that in, in combination with other styles will really help you to manage those teams, lead those teams, and be successful with those teams. Mm -hmm. So our next one, um, <laughs> I, I use this guy right here because from what I understand, uh, in addition to him being inspirational and innovative and all of that. He also is something else to work for because it's his <laughs> way or the highway. <laughs> so in his little fiefdom, if you're not doing it his way, he got a problem. So the art, yeah. uh, autocratic leadership, that would be, and so you guys would be right in, in focus to the type of person that we're about to um, share with you, the style. This would be your Adolf Hitlers, your Napoleon Bonaparte, your Queen Elizabeth I, um, uh, Vladimir uh, Putin, uh, Donald Trump, sort of. <laughs> Not as powerful as all these other guys, but this is that individual that he, he commands by fear mm -hmm. and... and um, what is it? Fear and intimidation and um, micromanaging, you name it. They they want your, you have to be completely and totally loyal to them. Yeah. They don't want to hear your, your feedback. Yeah. They're not nurturing in any sort of, any kind of capacity. Yeah. The end result is about them and what their vision is. And if you want to work for them, then you need to be able to do exactly what they tell you to do when they tell you to do it. With the autocratic leadership, 
the leader believes that everybody needs supervision. So yeah. that's why they always, when they get into those types of positions, they always want to lead, lead, lead. They always want to look over your shoulder. They want to know what's going on. What are you doing? Respect and loyalty, very, very important to these people. If they don't feel like you you are loyal to them, then they feel like there's no trust there and they cannot they cannot have you in their midst, so they'll try to expel you or get rid of you as quickly as possible. Even if they want you to lie for them, to tell lies and and speak about things that are not really um, that way. Now, one way in which an autocratic leadership is positive, a positive approach to an autocratic leadership is that that person, when they lead and they give directives, their, their, their uh, supporters will follow. They will follow them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a good, that's a good approach knowing that you've got their the support behind you. So in looking at styles, I would see myself, my style as one, the coaching style. I think I have a little autocratic leadership in me. A little bit, not much. (laughs) Just a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. Because sometimes based on the situation, because again, as a situational leader, sometimes you got to step in and say, okay, this, 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 this is how we're going to do it. Because sometimes you get thrown in a situation where nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what to do. So that's when a leader emerges. Now, it's very important for small businesses and others to know that whenever you have a situation and there's no set or established leaders and one person emerges a leader, that person will not remain a leader for too long. Because at some point along the way, that person is going to be given orders and directives and people are going to get sick and tired of this person go, you know, who gave this person authority to be our leader anyway? So mm-hmm. before you know it, they're going to kill him. <laughs> they're going and, to get rid of it. <laughs> they're going to, and, and, and it, it would be called a coup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, because what it does is it stifles creativity and it makes yeah. the employee feel very confined. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not trusted by the individual because there's such a heavy hand. So yeah. this is more on a military, like military commanders. Uh, yeah. This is the way they run. And in this case, as I said, Adolf Hitler and uh, Na- um, Na- Napoleon Bonaparte and Vladimir Putin, these yeah. are all people that if you're not in line yeah. with them and they make sure you're in line with them because they use intimidation and yeah. fear in order to acquire that. And that, of course, that's what uh, the former president uh, Trump did as well. Yeah. Um and they will do some real extremes in order to maintain uh, that control. Now, that's the bad side of it. But if you if you take an autocratic uh, a leader who knows sometimes that they're working with people that re- do require a great deal of, of supervision, then they have to uh, do that. Although I do think that even with uh, even with those individuals that need a lot of supervision, supervision, I think you get more out of them. As my grandmother used to say, you 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 do better with uh, sh- with honey than you do with vinegar. Right, and right. and if you make a person feel that they're worthy, 
yeah then they will actually work harder for you and retain yeah. what right. you provide for them i think on uh, when people are 100 autocratic leaders yeah. um their people are never going to think out of the box right. and they're going to just operate like robots and yeah. so at some point is i'm of the opinion that that will stifle your company right and and when i mentioned earlier that i have a little autocratic leadership in me what i meant by that is in the positive sense of the way the way the yeah. word autocratic leader some followers they need that guidance because they don't want to lead they don't want to think so you have to you have to create a a, a, a blueprint for them and say yeah. this is how that's why in the military this this style works in the military because the the, the 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 majors and the lieutenants they're the ones who set the, the the blueprint they set the track and said this is what you're gonna do this is how you're gonna do it people will follow uh in certain types of situations when you are probably the most knowledgeable in that area in that type of situation that autocratic leadership may work in that way mm -hmm. because if you're most knowledgeable then you you ensure compliance, you put guidelines in place, and then they follow those things and they provide you the results. So that's what I'm talking about when I say I have a little autocratic leadership in me because compliance is really important for me. And, and it actually big. says that when you're operating. So we, and in the, in the, in the business that you're in, yeah. you know, that's, that's what is required from your vendor, from your, uh, from, from your vendors yeah. is to, make sure that you're following governmental compliances so uh yeah. that's on the positive side of it uh so even having a little bit of that autocratic is good because it keeps you on track uh, i i believe i have a girlfriend that is a um hr director she yeah. has an autocratic leadership style because right. again she's in hr right. and she works in manufacturing type mm -hmm. environments and so being be in compliance yeah. with the state of California right. or whatever state that the the, the company has uh, uh, locations is very important because if not, then it can be very costly uh, to the company um, and affects their bottom line. So And risk management, that's when risk management comes in because as an autocratic leader, you have to ensure risk management. You have to ensure that you minimize the level of risk as much as possible. So by being an autocratic leader and you putting compliance and guidelines, you know, strict compliance in place and say, you got to follow this. This is a step. You go one, two, three, and then four. That helped to minimize your, your risk level, your exposure to risk. Exactly. So the next one is the laissez-faire and hands-off leadership. Um, uh, one of the famous leader that is known for that is Warren Buffett. Uh, this leadership is the opposite of the autocratic leadership style. Uh, they focus mostly on delegating many of the tasks to team members and providing little to no supervision. And because this leader does not spend his time in, um, managing and micromanaging his, his employees, they often have more time to dedicate to other. Good afternoon, Gregory Sneed, to other projects. Uh, managers may adopt this leadership when all team members are highly experienced, well-trained, and require very little oversight. 
That's um, exactly what I was going to say. Because yeah. there, there are two sides to this laissez-faire type of leadership. <laughs> <laughs> two types. Okay? The one is the one you just described, wherein the leader knows that his team is well-versed. They're very experienced. They're very knowledgeable. So they can operate autonomously. So he doesn't need to or she doesn't need to look over their shoulders, give them instructions as to what to do. They can operate on their own. So in that situation, a laissez-faire type leader is is okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. But when you have a laissez-faire leader that allows his staff and his team to run amok and make their own rules (laughs) and create their own documentation and tell people one thing today and tomorrow they're telling them something else, confusing your customers, then that's not a good approach for a laissez-faire type leader. The laissez-faire type leader, uh, when not not used efficiently and effectively, can become the type of leader that their followers do not respect. They don't respect them because they're thinking, I can get over him. I can tell him anything. You know, I'm going to give him an excuse. Hey, I got to leave early because my kid is sick. And then, you know, you end up going to a baseball game or a basketball game, and you just do that to keep getting over on that type of leader. And that leader is not paying attention. It's just coming in and doing the paperwork and asking you, hey, did you have that report done? No, I haven't gotten it done, but I'll get it to you next week when it's due by this Friday. So (laughs) Grant Grant calls it ragamuffin leadership. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, actually, the ragamuffin leadership is the one that's closer to the autocratic leadership. (laughs) That one will get a baseball bat. (laughs) (laughs) But I think the laissez-faire, so if that is your style, here's, I think, some things that you have to put in place to make sure, uh, to ensure down the line. So one, you still, you may be that leader, but you still have to have policies and procedures that yeah. are in place that yeah. when you hire, when you onboard your new staff members, your new consultants, your new whatever they have to understand what the lay of the land is, what the ultimate vision and mission of the organization is. And not to say this is the way we always do it, but this has what has produced better results in the past. And so, and if we're going to veer off the, the beaten path, then let's have some discussion about it. Bring it to me, make sure it's well laid out with, you know, with a well laid out, well planned, and then we can look at adapting that. But I think laissez-faire, when you just have no involvement at all, I always tell people, they're like, I can't find good employees. Well, I don't think it's the employees, the problem. I think it's you, the, the manager who doesn't know really truly what you need and who you're trying to hire. Mm -hmm. Um, right. And so you have to know exactly who you're going to hire, what their scope of work is going to be, what your expectations are. And you have to make sure that's very clear to those people that you're bringing on board to help you uh, execute or produce your products and services. So I think that's where the breakdown happens. I think, um, so, you know, some other famous um, uh, um, 
uh, laissez-faire, uh, hands-off leaders. And Steve Jobs was also a, a, a hands-off. Uh, but again, he hired very qualified people. He yeah. did have a structure and he knew exactly where he wanted his company to go. Mm -hmm. Warren Buffett, no one can, can, can say that Warren Buffett don't know his business. Mm -hmm. And so he makes sure uh, that his people are there. Queen, Queen Victoria, because she was such a young girl when she became a queen, she had yeah. to rely on everyone else. And yeah. so she was kind of hands off. And right. then one of the other famous ones is uh, Herbert Hoover, uh, Ho yeah. uh, Herbert Hoover. Yeah. And then I think the one that we probably all remember was Ronald Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were and so Ryan Reagan kind of fell into that 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 court that state where you're where hands off because he just didn't know. Yeah. And so he allowed other people to do it. Right. Uh hello Carlos. Hello. Hey, um hey Carlos. <laughs> Happy Friday, uh, my brother. <laughs> and, and Greg says there's a huge difference between a leader and a boss. That's so true. Right. That's right. And, uh, lead people and manage things. I yeah. like that, Greg. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You're better yeah. to lead people. You'll get more out of them than if you're going to manage every little ounce because people, your employees become very resentful of that. Yeah. And right. it shows in their quality of work and their loyalty to your company. Yeah. So our next one is the democratic leadership. Yeah. Uh, the, the democratic leadership, this is this is a style where the leader tries to give ownership to a lot of his followers, his teammates, his his, um, his supporters, right? Yes. The, 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 the style is 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 a partic participative style. That means you allow other people to give their ideas, their input in decisions, even though at the end that that leader will take all those input and all those feedback and then put it all into one and, and, and come up with, with his or her, her own decision. But that leader generally wants feedback and input from others because I guess, one, that leader is trying to make people feel empowered, make them mm -hmm. feel a part of the process, and also it doesn't really want to tick people off. You know? yeah. So he wants people to feel like they're inclusive. Yeah. And so John F. Kennedy, he was that leader. Um, Barack Obama, he was that leader. Nelson yeah. Mandela, he was yeah. that leader. Yeah. Uh, they were very democratic. And that was one of the uh, great things that um, um, Obama, um, President Obama did was he brought in highly qualified people and he gave them uh, the, he empowered them uh, in order to make him for the areas that he was lacking in. He made sure he had people in those places. You know, there's some things, some mistakes that took place or some things that uh, probably didn't go the way he wanted it to go. Uh, but nevertheless, that's how he um, that's how he managed. Uh, another one is uh, Dwight Eisenhower, General yeah. Dwight Eisenhower. He was yeah. a Democratic leader. Um, and so, you know, you guys can look at your, uh, your, your, your leadership style and see where do you fit in this? I, I would say I am also, um, a demo, you know, coaching is my, yeah. one of my primary, I think that's my core. Yeah. 
yeah. uh, then I think I'm a democratic leader as well. Right. Um, I give feedback and and encourage and 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 help uh, make sure that people feel that uh, they 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 have an importance in the bigger scheme of things. Now it is said that the democratic leadership style is a combination of the autocratic style and the laissez-faire style. Yeah. Now, to some extent, that is true. Uh, if you're taking the autocratic style where you're using your situational leadership style when thrown in a situation where you are the one with the most knowledge in that environment, then you establish guidelines. And for people who, who, who you have to lead them, they don't want to take initiative. You have to lead them in order to get the job done. Then that's the, the autocratic style that uh, part of the democratic leadership that I would use for the laissez-faire type style in, 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 in the democratic leadership, that's the part where you recognize that your followers have skills, they got talent, they know what they're doing, and you bring them in and you let them work on their own to bring about certain results. But at the same time, you don't take a totally hands-off approach. You want to give them guidelines. You want to give them deadlines and you want to say, hey, I trust what you're saying, but I'm going to verify it as well. <laughs> <laughs> Carmo says that he is about being a servant leader and setting the example. Uh, Greg Sneed says, my way or the highway. <laughs> that's, that's the ragamuffin leader right there. That's the, that's the ragamuffin leader right there. <laughs> and, and they have said that uh, the democratic leadership is... Um, an excellent style for organizations that are focused on creativity and innovation, uh, yeah. especially in the tech industry, yeah. uh, because you do have to give your people leeway to be very, uh, very, um, uh, to be creative. You got to yeah. allow that creativity yeah. to flow because yeah. uh, if you don't have that, and I know that that is one of the chief problems that I've always had. And one of the reasons that I left, corporate America to come out on my own was because I always felt stifled right. when I was working for someone. Mm -hmm. They didn't, um, they micromanaged and, and, and they weren't kind yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just squished. And then they didn't let you like, I'm a out of the box visionary <laughs> type of thinker. Um, but then on the other side of me, you know, the accounting piece, I'm all about the numbers because the numbers don't lie. Uh -huh. Right. So for me, I can prove it based upon does all the numbers add up in order to get the results that we want. Right. But do I have to go just this direction? No, yeah. I can take some side streets to get to the end result as well. And I always had a problem with those leaders that this is the designated pathway and highway you have to take. I don't care if it's backed up to the moon, <laughs> you take that pathway. And like, but I can take this side street and I can cut off some time. Uh -uh, I'm there. not interested. You take this one over here. <laughs> this is the one we've used all along over the years. <laughs> For 400 years, we've been going in this direction. This <laughs> so we still, we doing it this way. We're so, not changing. So I felt very stifled in that environment. So even as it, I mean, you, you, you know this for a fact, right? Yeah. Um, 
I'm not your like your most number cruncher type of people. There's yeah. a major creative side to me. So even mm -hmm. when I do accounting, it's still done with that creativity and that innovation and um and some other skill sets that I've developed over over time. So it, right. they they all mush together. Right. So that's uh so another one and the next one coming up and I don't know if you guys remember Jack Walsh. He was the former CEO or General Electric, but I do know you know General Electric. Yeah. <laughs> um, so his style is the pace setter leadership, and this style is most effective for driving fast results. The leaders are primarily focused on performance, and they often set high standards and hold their teammate, their team members accountable for hitting their goals. And while this is motivational, and helpful in a fast-paced environment, uh, uh, team members need to be energized, and it's not always the best option for team members who need mentoring and feedback. I think some of your most successful realtors, mm -hmm. I think this would this would be who they. This is the leaders um, that they would. This would be their leadership style. Yep, time is money. Time is time money. Is money. All those meetings you guys want us to do twice a week, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to have one meeting for 10 minutes. That's it. <laughs> Every, a 10-minute meeting. Ten, Get ten minutes. covered in 10 minutes. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Every meeting we have, we're losing productive time. We're losing money here. <laughs> we're we're going to set high goals. You know, with high measurable results. That's the kind of Exactly. Uh, Jack Wash. They said was known he despised micromanaging and needed thought leaders to focus on setting examples and deadlines. So yeah. he was more encouraging people to be a um, a, a trendsetter and a thought leader. Right. Uh, and I probably could have worked for him. <laughs> I, I think I could work for him also because I think performance is very important. Measurable results is important. Quality and quality control is important. And when you bring ideas to him, you don't just bring an idea, you also show how it's gonna solve the problem too. So that's a good approach to it. <laughs> now, Greg Sneed says most people who don't quit their, most people don't quit their jobs, they quit their bosses. Yeah, <laughs> that's <Lord>. true. <laughs> that is true. You know, if we poll the amount of people who are employed and working for a boss, I'm sure about 90% of them hate their bosses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I remember that, you know, when in my my career, my 15-year career in, in corporate America, uh, there was one, and and the the bosses that I had the most trouble are, uh, from were women bosses, because again, yeah. they, they were looking for total control, right? Yeah. Um, um, He's oh, Greg said he held meetings with people standing at the table, meaning he didn't want you to even sit down. <laughs> Just stand here, we're gonna be done in seconds. But I do like what Carlos said. Carlos yeah. said a lot of leaders at the top to get where they started, and once they get some power, it gets the bust of them and make they make the worst leaders. And that's that has been my ex my experience you know yeah, these are yeah. people that started in the trenches just like yourself yeah. and then, then all of a sudden uh they were like okay now we're gonna change the table and i'm gonna become this hardcore uh demand i didn't run in i had many run-ins especially people that I, we worked in the company for the same amount of time 
yeah. their pathway was going to be management. And once they got into that role, they like, you know, became Attila the Hun. Yeah. And then we had to butt heads. And uh, so usually I had to, you know, it's like, wait, you know who I am. You know, I that just ain't going to work for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's amazing? With the pace setter leadership style, it's a style that we examine and we did case studies on in grad school, right? Mm. So what here's how we what we did. Here's an exercise we did. We would get a, a, a group of people, maybe 10 mm. or, or 12, right? And we would have them take a turn at leadership. So this week, one will be the leader. Mm -hmm. The next week, the other one would be the leader. The third week, another one will be a leader just to see what style they implement when they're they're leading. Yeah. And it's amazing what you just said right now, that some of these folks, they forgot where they came from. They forgot mm -hmm. their, their they, cause they shut the door. They, they, they shut the door and uh, they won't send down the elevator to the ground floor to where uh -huh. they're coming from so other people can get can can ride it up right so yeah. when when they become when they assume the leadership role they start acting like an autocratic leader they start you know belittling people humiliating people putting people down so they also forget that they're in that role only for a week so yeah. so the next week when somebody else comes in in, in the leadership role now those are the same people who start complaining because mm -hmm. th because they felt that they were being treated unfairly. But it's amazing. This style is amazing. Another thing with the the, the pace setter leadership style. This is a leadership style that will let their employees work from home. They'll let yeah. them work from home, but they give them high high attainment levels they they gotta produce they gotta show some performance levels so even though you're working from home they want to see what you do so you know like at the end of the day you got to show some kind of report and that that can be frustrating <laughs> well in fact that's what i think is happening today right that you know we many people had to um you know everybody's remotely working from home and yeah. so the, the managers that are having the most trouble uh, adapting to that are the ones that just think they have to see you in your office to make sure that you're working. Yeah. And and they're having a difficult time with it. So those are the people that are really pushing to get everybody back to work because they, they can't. But But here's the thing. If they stood back and looked, they could see that more is being produced now than they would have been in the office. Yeah. And I told there was a when I was leaving corporate America, uh, I had uh, I told somebody I said, look, and when, and this is how I navigated my boss becoming a client of mine versus me being an employee. I told him I said, so let me let me tell you how this will work. You already know my work style, my my ethics. Um, um, I've been with you for over 10, 15 years, about, probably about 12 years I work company. So here's the deal. You will get more work out of me if you become my client versus me being your employee. So I'm going to tell you why. Because when I come in the morning at 8 o'clock or 8.30, I'm going to spend 15 minutes in the kitchen getting my coffee. 
And then I'm going <laughs> to sit down. Bye-bye, Greg. Then I'm going <laughs> to sit down and I'm going to work. And then the law requires you to pay me for a 10-minute break at 10 o'clock, somewhere around 10, right? So I'm a, that 10 is going to go into 15 because that's just the way it is. I've been here 15 years. <laughs> then I'm going to go to lunch and I'm going to do my hour and I might come back a little later because, again, I've been here 15 years. So there's certain privilege for working for a company for 15 years. Right. <laughs> then I will come back. And at three o'clock, I got to take another break. <laughs> <laughs> and then at five o'clock, I'm going to be gone. Now, if I'm at my own house, I, I can work straight hours, get it all done. And now much more productive. And so that yeah. was how my 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 employer became my client. He said, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Because you're absolutely right. <laughs> and as a contractor, I'm not required to say you don't you the Board of Labor, the Department of Labor does not say I have to be off the clock right, three times right. for two breaks, three breaks a day. Right. That I'm my own boss. So I determine when I go to lunch. So, you know, that it's, was a, how it's amazing that that boss was understanding that way, because, you know, had he been one of those autocratic leaders, he would say, heck no, that's not going to happen. Not over my dead body. <laughs> now, of course. Over that 10 year, 15 year period, I had uh, I I had done an excellent job for them and I had become the resident uh, in for, uh, you know, center. So they knew yeah. who I was and my work ethics were at, you know, just high level. Yeah. And so they knew that they were going to get the same work out of me. There wouldn't be a slacking in that. So that was that was the reason that yeah, I couldn't have done that if I was, it was a, a half ass employee. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was exceptional. I just didn't work well in that space. So but yeah. anyway, as Greg said, <laughs> those you meet on the way up, you will see them on the way down. And that yeah. is so true yeah, that right. um, when that happens. So, again, you want to be able to give your employees uh, more autonomy. I think you get more out of them. And, and if they feel that they're helping the company versus you just, they're just there because um, you need them as a, a warm body and you mm -hmm. don't um, empower them, uh, mm -hmm. then you're going to get exactly it's garbage in, garbage out. That's how I look yeah. at it. Yeah. So <laughs> number eight, transition, uh, transformational leadership. Um, this is that individual that is similar to the coaching style. Uh, it focuses on clear communication and goal setting and employee motivation. And instead of placing the majority of the energy into each employee's, uh, employee's individual goal, the transformation leader is driven by commitment to the organization's um, objectives. So Mandela uh, fit that case. Um, you know, he, he was just, you know, his life was just amazing anyway, but yeah. what he did, for South Africa, uh, even um, being imprisoned and all that he did, uh, he was very um, well received and a trans uh, transformational um, uh, leader. And that leadership. And this type of leader is all about the organization. It's all about the objectives of the organization. It's not about personal desires or personal. Um, 
uh, self-aggrandization where some people want to say, I'm the best, so talk yeah. to me first. And, you know, I'm number one in this. You know, no, it's not about that. It's about taking the organization to number one status. <clears throat> and that's what the transformational leader does, you know, with clear communication and with um, uh, targeted information, that leader makes sure that everyone understands the mission and the vision of the organization and they buy into it. That's another thing with the transform transformational leader. If you're not buying into the vision and the mission, then you know you have to you have to leave. You have to leave the team because mm -hmm. everyone needs to have that desired uh, goal and approach. I think that th there's a little bit of that in you as well because yes. you, you come into organizations and especially in the certification, yeah. uh, supply diversity uh, envir yeah. environment. You come in and you create. Um, new goals and help organize them and their teams. I think that's a little bit of your leadership as well. Yeah. Um, in yes. addition to the coaching and the autocratic, but I think this is how you ensure uh, the compliance piece. Right. Cause it's, it's all about the organization. Yeah. All about the organization. Yeah. I don't have the patience for this part. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm more of a touchy-feely, empathetic uh, uh, person, uh, transformational, and, and and yes, compliance is very important. Um, but the, it becomes very tedious for me. It's not creative. That's, but I see, see, this is good though, Crystal, because at least you know those things about you. You know that those are things that you either like or you don't like, or they're right. going to work for you, or they won't work for you. You know, you're not right. going to go in there all uh, all fake and start yeah. embracing stuff that you know, you know, is not part of you. It's not in your DNA. It's not in my <laughs> DNA. So even when I worked for companies, I had to make sure it fit my entrepreneurial type of spirit. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, we, and yes, compliance, because obviously if I'm doing accounting and bookkeeping, you know, there's compliance and, 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 and formalities to that. But yeah. as well as how I get to the end result is not just a straight line. So that works. So some but you, other... know, you know, you know what, though, I kind of see you as part of this transformational leadership, part of the style in you, because the transformational leader looks at trends. They look at what's going on in the market. Yes. They look at data and then they incorporate that in the organization to grow. So I see that part in you. I see that part. Yeah, in now you. yeah, the current trends, I stay on top of current trends. Yeah. I also have a knack, I think, uh, and I, I guess I've developed this over over the years that I've been doing. Um someone can come tell me their business idea and then I can kind of put myself in their shoes and then I can come back with how I would do it if I were in their shoes. Yeah. And generally they have not thought it out like that. And mm -hmm. so, but, but again, my data in my, my um, it's based upon whatever the current trends are and the research that I've done. So I'm a research person. I do a yeah. lot of research. Oh, and so yeah. oh, I stay yeah. on top of the, the trends, which is uh, some of the uh, areas, a weak areas uh, in most businesses, they don't stay on top of the trends in their industry. So, some famous uh, transformational leaders is Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Uh, Billy Bean, he major baseball league. Uh, John D. Rockefeller from Standard Oil. Ross Perot. Everybody remembers Ross Perot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bill Gates. 
uh, Stephen Jobs and Henry Ford of Ford Motors. And uh, Reed Hastings from Netflix. Uh, also, these are individuals that are some transformational uh, type leaders. Um, I remember Ross Perot, the one thing that he always said that made so much sense. He says, if you're not making money, you're not paying taxes. If you're making money, then you're paying taxes. <laughs> so which one would you rather be? Making money? <laughs> I want to make money. I want to make money and then determine how much taxes I want to pay. <laughs> right. There you go. And that's the way it should be. So I always, I always respected that about Ross Perot. <laughs> so some transactional leaders. So you want to take that one? It's kind yes. of a combination of that pace setter, right? Oh, uh, yeah. So so the transactional leader is, is the one who is laser focused on performance. And what they will do in order to get the performance out of you, they'll do an exchange. They'll say, okay, if you do this, we will give you this. Mm -hmm. So if we have a, 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 a high goal, a high target to meet, and we're going to say, we would like you to achieve this goals and objective. Then we'll give you some incentives for you to, to hit those objectives. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these objectives or you, a lot of these uh, incentives are usually predetermined. So you know exactly. So, for example, if you train 50 small businesses this year and you help them to become certified, then here's what we're going to do for you. We're going to give you you know, a $10,000 raise, or we will elevate you to director or whatever the status is. Those mm -hmm. are tran transactional leaders. So mm -hmm. you give something, you get something in order to help the organization achieve its goal. It's very, it's very um, similar in some ways to the pace setter approach because of the setting the high objectives and reaching them. Mm -hmm. And but it's also unlike that leadership style because the transactional is focused more on, you know, mentorship, providing instructions, giving training and all of that. The pace setter approach is not really into that guidance, that instruction and that training approach because they want people to come in already knowledgeable, already focused, already understand what they're doing so they can quickly achieve those goals for them. Right. Uh, and I think uh, so. Uh, Bill Gates, because he, 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 you know, revolutionized um, um, Microsoft. I think the, uh, the, the guy that did QuickBooks, the same thing. Uh, these guys are also very charismatic. Yeah. Yeah. Very charismatic. Yeah. I would even say and and and, and, and this would probably be for before uh, his presidency. I would say Trump probably fit this category. Yeah, um, he's very transactional. Very transactional. Very transactional. Yeah, very transactional. And I think because they're the, very charismatic. The, the, the problem with his transaction is he will ask people to do things for him in order to achieve an objective, but he doesn't want to provide them with the, the payoff that he, he promised them. No, no, yeah. So then, then he became autocratic, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and crafty and gr and gr grifter. He became the. That's why autocratic would be that yeah. military my yeah. way, the highway. And no, I'm not paying you. Yeah, but I think yeah. Ultimately, you know, you could put him in that category yeah. as as having that. I also believe. Um, um, I also believe 
that um who else is that way well obviously jeff bezos and those guys but i i believe anyone that's in a successful sales business yeah i think that's them because you very be transactional very, right very transactional they're very goals goal setting real estate is all about goals yeah but very charismatic salespeople that can sell you the brooklyn bridge yeah and you and you live in alaska those yeah. are very charismatic people that can do that. So they I'll, have that gift of gab, yeah. right? Um, I also think attorneys fit in that leadership. Yes, yes. I'll give you two of these for three of those. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, that, type of, that type of thing. A yeah. uh, uh, Popeye on, uh, what is it? No, Wimpy on Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll pay you on Tuesday for a hamburger today. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of leadership we're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. That transactional leadership. Transactional. And our final one is bureaucratic leadership and these people are, in, are very similar to autocratic leaders in that they expect their team team members to follow the rules and procedures precisely as written so one of the famous ones is of course colin powell uh because he was a general and he's military and so usually these leaderships are very highly effective in highly regulated industries and departments such as finance, healthcare, and government and military. There's very fixed duties and there's a hierarchy and where every employee has a set of responsibilities and there's very ne very little need for collaboration and creativity. And I think uh, uh, the consequences, if you don't follow uh, the rules and regulations is severe. <laughs> yes, yes. In, in this type of setting, you find this a lot in government. You find this a lot in nonprofits yeah. because, you know, they, they're bureaucratic. They, they operate by certain rules. You see this in a lot of chambers and trade associations also mm -hmm. because they follow certain rules. This is how we've been doing it for 30 years. You got to do it this way. <laughs> You cannot deviate. This, <laughs> this form that you can hardly read is a form you got to fill out. But what if we recreate a new form? No, nope. we're not recreating the whole form. We're going to use the same old ugly form that we can't read. <laughs> so federal governments, uh, SBAs, these yeah. are the people that follow. Uh, and and um, I had a client that I was working with this week on uh she was applying for the uh the idol right so in yeah. the very beginning the idol had all these high you got to jump all kind of hoops now right yeah. now they got people people got tired of the hoops and they stopped applying so yeah. now they got all this money they got to get rid of so now yeah. they're starting to relax some rules right, right so right. i was helping a client of mine fill out one of the forms i think it's form 2202 Mm -hmm. And so she's kind of a, um, she's worked in, in law. So she's a pretty manner, a fat kind of person, right? Yeah. But then very, very detailed, follow every last little rule. Mm -hmm. And so I'm telling her as she's filling out the form, she, you know, and this is a problem with everybody, the commingling yeah. of the personal and the business, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. so, so I had to keep saying, you are an LLC. 
you do not need to put anything personal. They're going to verify right. your credit report, but you yeah. don't have to then verify that because it's this on your credit report is under your personal name. Right. You're applying for this under your business. And mm -hmm. so if it's not business, if it's not business, it should not be on this phone. And I had right. to go and find some videos. And there's this one guy. Um, it did, I happened to find this one guy that was going through the tutorial on how to fill out this form. Mm -hmm. And he would go, if it's personal, don't put it on there. And then right. somebody else would ask him a question. He goes, is it in the business name? It mm -hmm. goes there. No He's, I don't know how else to say this. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he, was, he was getting a little perturbed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and then, no, but so in those environments, because they are so rigid, there yeah. is no gray matter for them. No, right? no, there's, there's not, there's not, there's it's no highly gray, regulated. It's highly regulated. So yeah. finally, the way I finally got to her, I had to tell her, I said, so you worked in a law firm. And one of the first things they tell you when you or if you have to ever go to a deposition or anything, only answer the question they ask you. Do not elaborate. Don't add no yeah. extra frills to it. Just yeah. tell them exactly the question. Answer the question exactly as it yeah. was asked. Yeah. And so, again, I had I said so I told her the same thing. It applies to that. It didn't yeah. ask you for your personal. You're applying for this as your business. So only apply, only put in the information that applies to your business. If they come back and ask you for a personal financial mm -hmm. uh, statement, then you put all that lovely stuff on the personal. That's why they ask you for that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so um, this this style is very, it's, 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 we may not use it, but we need to be aware of it because this style is used against us as small businesses a lot. When we yeah. go to get a loan, we get a line of credit or to, 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 to become certified. And yes. what I was talking with a client today that is trying to get certified, uh, uh, get his minority certification, right? And one of the things that they're telling him is that, well, we're not sure that you're a minority. You look minority, but we're not sure you are. So you have to prove that you're a minority. That's part of those bureaucratic leadership <laughs> system, right? Where where they have these they have these written things that you're supposed to have, even though you're looking at the person. You see, hey, it's like it's like me proving that you're a woman. It was like she looks like a woman. Oh, no. <laughs> She looks like a woman, but she really isn't. So let's prove she's actually it. Let's yeah, get a document from her doctor to say right, she exactly. is a woman. <laughs> we have to ask her doctor was she born or what? <laughs> but so very true. Uh, very. Um, uh, they have to see see it to believe it. Yeah. And um, and they will question because again, these are people that don't color outside of the line. No, just you, like you, with the DMV. DMV is the same way. Yeah. Same way. You gotta operate. And, with it and, and in today's world, you have so many people, Gilbert, that have uh they, they have that same institutionalized mindset. Yeah. And so with that institutionalized mindset, uh they now look at um they they don't they don't whatever the script had was and yeah. is 
That's yeah. what they follow is yep. the script. They don't come yep. outside of the script. And mm -hmm. you, they will repeat the same words over and over and over yeah. and over again, thinking yeah. like that's going to make you stop asking the same questions. Because <laughs> for you, you're thinking differently. Like, wait a minute, you, be, but that's all they know. And yep. they're, they've been trained to stay in the script just Stay within those lines <laughs> over and over and over and over again um and that used to happen in the trump administration oh it, yeah they they said the same things over and over again yeah reporters do that they keep yeah. asking the same questions and you're like did you not just hear them answer that <laughs> <laughs> and and this is why when you're filling out government applications you see the same question like five times throughout the application and you go wait didn't I answer this on page two already? Why are they asking you about this again on page four and then on page five, <laughs> you know? Right, so, exactly. So that's really what it is. So with all these styles that we've talked about today, just remember small businesses. And for anyone who is listening to this program, The Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert, whenever you're doing your leadership you want to remember that you can do a combination of different styles. You can borrow a little from this style, a little from that one, depending on the situation in order to achieve your objective and your goal. I like to call myself a situational leader sometimes because sometimes mm -hmm. I apply the autocratic style when needed. Sometimes mm -hmm. I do the democratic style, sometimes the transformational or the coaching style. So it all depends on the person or the situation. Yeah, so by familiar, familiarizing yourself with uh, <clears throat> rising yourself with this type of, of leadership, you can then recognize those certain areas within <coughs> your own personality. And you may be multiple. You may yeah. have, because it depends on what you're working on, the business and the industry you're working on, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think a well-blended uh, leadership skill is better than no leadership skill. So that ragamuffin uh, leadership <laughs> skill that Greg <laughs> talked about. I, and if you find yourself having to hire, you find yourself, your employees come in, they just don't meet your the demands. Uh, it's not always the employee. Sometimes right. it's the person, you're yeah. the one hiring these people. So yeah. that means you need to do more due diligence, but you have to know what you need. Yeah. And then I have to say this to our uh, micromanagers, you have to learn how to delegate. It's really important. You cannot operate at your best if you feel you have to follow. You got to spend your whole day following behind your employees to make sure they're doing what you've already instructed them to do. When do you get your work done? Right, right. Right. So now and, you work in, in the midnight hour when the employee is gone just to do your work. If yeah. you train them and empower them, then they will embrace long as they're well trained and they know exactly what their duties are and the scope of work that they're that they need to be accountable for, then your business will be more successful and you won't be worked to death. That, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it, it's very, very important for leaders to understand those things. Now, effective leaders usually use multiple styles. Right. Because again, the style that they that they use today may not be the style they use tomorrow, or the style they use on you, Crystal, may not be the style they use on me. 
Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they may use the same style with both of us, but other times it will be different. So effective and successful leaders use, they tend to use multiple styles. If you see a leader that uses one style, that leadership style may be, may be the autocratic where they can just make their rules, you know, intimidate you, shame you, and trying to get you to follow their objective. Right. But that person also will find themselves there. They will have high turnover. Yes. In their yes, personnel. Yes. And um, consequently, uh, the more you turn over pay, uh, 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 personnel, the more money you're spending in payroll. Because yeah. you got to keep going back and retraining each and every time. So mm-hmm. you may think you're saving money, but in the yeah. long run, um, the, uh, you're, it's costing you. And especially... When the you got to make and you got to make sure there's a cultural fit, whatever mm-hmm. your company culture is, yeah. making sure that the people you're bringing in actually fit in that culture. Right. And having toxic people in your work ooh, environment ooh. Is, is is very very, very costly. Um, very costly. Yeah. Uh, it creates a hostile work environment, yes. which then creates people taking time off of work. Uh, yeah. Increases the opportunity for illness and absences, and and just and and work productive productivity. Because if I don't like the people in the sales department, I'm not going to work in a collaborative. Um, uh, format. I'm going to with because somebody's going to be always undermining. So right. now you're not getting any work done. You're mm-hmm. spending more time putting out fires. Your HR department is putting out fires, mm-hmm. and so and you leave yourself open to being sued. So yeah. just know that that hardcore autocratic, not giving, allowing your employees some creativity and innovation, um, uh, is going to cost I, you. I, could easily backfire. It could easily backfire. So, with that being said, I think it's very it's a it's a it's a good rule rule of thumb that leaders and business owners invest in themselves and take some leadership classes and workshops and and hire a coach a transitional co- a coach that can help you uh, change your leadership skills uh, to get to be most effective in your business. So yeah. it's worth it. Um, to go to some treats and find out who you are and and how you can develop more um, effective leadership skills that can really create a change and uh, and that will increase your bottom line. Definitely. And with those types of information that we presented here today, we want you small businesses to know that we're here for you. We're here to support you. We're here to guide you. And let us know your feedback. Let us know what you think about the show today. Let us know about the information that was disseminated, how you feel about that. We are the Business Zone, and we're on every Friday from 3 to 4 slash 4.30. And... <laughs> <laughs> And and your 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 hosts are Crystal and Gilbert Buchanan. You're a small business paramedic. And uh, Crystal, do you have any closing remarks you want to make uh, before we sign up? No, just to go over to our YouTube channel and and subscribe. Hit that bell. Hit that button. So the bell for notification. The subscribe button so that you get notified every time we uh, upload a show. 
which is a weekly and now bi-weekly because I run a show in the middle of the week now on Wednesday. The same show that aired on Thursday, on Friday will air again on, on Wednesday. So if you didn't Beautiful. check it out, then make sure you do. Um, have a great weekend. Remember the 14th, it's voting day. Go out and vote is very, very important. Yeah. Um, uh, and if, if not anymore, then for the fact that there are people that are trying to take away your right to vote, and right. so if they're taking away your right to vote, then your vote counts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's no more than that, be safe, guys. The the Delta variants, the COVID, the pandemic is still raging. In fact, yeah. we had this week, I think, a quarter of a million young people that have been tested positive, and wow. a large percentage of those are in hospitals. The hospitals are overrun again. Wow. Um, and then I hear there is another variant coming out called the Wong or Wu. Oh, oh Wu. Lord. And it came up from um, South America. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one on its way coming from Africa. But all of those people out there that's been traveling all over the the the, the county. And, and again, I'm hearing people that that survived COVID in 2020. Now they didn't make it in 2021. What the heck is that? That is crazy. That's insane. You went through all of that sacrifice in 2020 and then turn around and die in 2021 of COVID. (laughs) Now that it's not storming anymore, now you're getting hit by storm. (laughs) Now you're getting hit by storm. So again, people, we're still in the pandemic. Please be safe. I hope you guys got something from the styles of leadership today. Uh, it is an art of motivating and imp- empowering your team so that you can be successful in your business. So why put all that time and effort into it if you're not going to be successful? That's right. what I say. Exactly. And so Gilbert and I are here for you. Yeah. Uh, you can reach us at our receptive website um, at the Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert. You can go over to our website. You can go to our YouTube channel. You can go to our Facebook page. You can go to our Twitter page and our Instagram. Uh, you can shoot an email to us. You can call us. Let me see if we can put that up there. Let me put the business zone email. It is. Uh, so you can give us a, a shout out. We're also looking for participants. We want to be able to turn your no, your no's into yeses. Yeah. So. We will do an, an assessment on your business to see how ready you are. And based on the, the assessment test that you've done, um, we will work on your no answers and convert them into yeses to see how quickly we can convert your business into a ready business, a business that's ready, ready to go after contract, ready to go after certifications, and ready to go after loans or lines of credit. Yes. So reach out to us. So another great show. And we will see you guys next Friday at 3 o'clock. And we want to thank you for the, thank the audience and for their great input. And you guys can check this out as a repeat on our YouTube channel and as well as our Facebook page. So ready to take us out, Gilbert? Oh, yes. Always ready to take my team out. Guys, we'll see you next week. We're out. As a small biz pro, I saw we roll. Using procurement, program, and control. 
As a small biz pro, I saw we grow Using procurement, program and control I'm a business man, yes I'm an entrepreneur